Welcome back to another episode of Practical Nutrition. I'm Sarah. I'm Cassie. I'm Alex. And I'm Amanda. You've probably heard the saying, mindset is everything. I know I have. Have y'all heard that before? Yes. Heck yeah. I feel like growing up, that was definitely something that was tossed around. So it's been around forever. So we think that's true, especially when talking about your health. Um, so we'll kind of dive into that today. And the mindset that you have towards nutrition, your body, activity, that's all going to affect the choices that you make on a daily basis. So let's dive straight into the power of mindset. So we'll start from the beginning, which involves the formation of your mindset. So it has to form from something, right? It doesn't just appear. Family experiences, whatever it is, your experiences, even your education, your culture, all of those things are going to affect how your mindset forms, which is going to be your attitude towards things, um, your mood, whatever it is. And we'll dive into that here in a little bit. And it can be extremely hard to shift your mindset if it's been set in stone for a long time. I know that's something that we work with clients on sometimes is simply just, hey, let's go from this mindset to this mindset and hopefully achieve a more positive outcome. And your mindset also can be formed by how you talk to yourself internally. We've talked about this in previous podcasts, but you are with yourself 100% of the time. So if you talk to yourself negatively all the time, or if you talk to yourself positively all the time, that can influence how you view a situation. So let's dive into why your mindset matters. Yes, it definitely matters. And we'll talk about some different definitions. And I think this is really important too, just to understand what mindset really means. Um, because if you think about it, you know, a lot of people feel like their mindset is truth or fact. And in reality, that's not true. So, um, and sometimes that can be a little bit stressful, but we'll talk about that today. So um, the Webster definition is mental attitude or inclination. The Cambridge English Dictionary says it's a person's way of thinking and their opinions. And dictionary.com says a fixed attitude, disposition, or mood. It shapes the way that we view something, influences how you think, feel, and behave in a situation. So I like to really think about that too. Um, a lot of times we are thinking about how other people feel about a situation, and we don't think that their perspective is, you know, from their childhood, from when they were born, like Sarah said, and um, everybody's kind of coming from a different place. And so, um, so just thinking about that when you're looking at another person that maybe you want to be like, or you don't want to be like, you know, that they have probably a very different perspective um, than you have. So here at Achieving Your Best, we definitely try to help people um, work on themselves and uh, be the best that they can be. So thinking about your own perspective is, is really important um, because your mindset plays a big role in determining achievement and success success, which is um, really important. Um, and it's crucial to master a desired mindset throughout your healthy lifestyle journey. I feel like um, I think that's so important. And I don't think that people can probably be very successful if you don't master that mindset. A lot of what we do here is helping people with that every day. It is hard. So, and none of us are perfect at it. I know I'm not. Um, so, you know, just with a lot of, a lot of different things and we'll talk about some books to recommend, um, and you know, not necessarily on healthy lifestyle. I'll just put this plug in for a book that I really like in general about perspective is called the book of joy. And, um, and it's something that we'll put on our um, post to a picture of it, but it's just about how you can really flip, you know, just in general, um, your, your perspectives about, life and um, be happier so that's that's really important yeah and your mindset in terms of like quantifying your achievement or your success 
can be so different from someone else's. And I think that's something that we try and help clients reason through too, because, and we'll talk about this in terms of like what we see with different situations in this podcast, but there are client stories that have so much success and they don't view themselves as being successful because of a preconceived mindset or notion or whatever it is. And so um, know that some of the things that you may not view as successful or being an achievement might be, and that's important to recognize, especially when we're talking about like long-term healthy habit changes. So, um, and if you're someone that feels like you struggle with that, go talk to someone. It can be us, it can be a family member, it can be some other health professional, um, but we wanna help you view your achievements as great things, um, especially when it comes to nutrition. So, so speaking of that, let's kind of dive into certain conditions or stages of life where we see a negative or a poor mindset. Yeah, and the first one is poor body image. And you were talking about you know, helping people change their mindset and view their achievements differently. I'm just thinking about yesterday, I had a client who was so upset because they didn't lose the amount of weight that they thought they would, but they still are making healthier choices and they still lost some body fat and put on lean weight. So changing your mindset in that sense of not being tied to one thing, whether it be body image, the scale, all that kind of stuff and celebrating small achievements like that. And we like to help celebrate that um, at AYB. So things like that, that aren't just tied to the scale. That's just one example. So poor body image, um, disordered eating tendencies, chronic dieters, chronic diet mentality, aging and menopause. Um, I have not gone through that, but well, obviously I'm aging, but I have not gone through menopause. Um, so that's one that sometimes we see a negative or poor mindset is that there's no way around it. We're just going to go through menopause and everything's going to suck. And we do have a podcast about that and ways to kind of combat the symptoms of menopause, but it is an uphill battle. So, but it's all about your mindset about menopause. Um, over exercisers is another one. And then unrealistic goal setting and two studies were done on students and staff at a U.S. West Coast private university, um, and it looked at the sustainable success of participants meeting physical activity recommendations. So what it looked at is if it was more beneficial to low ball exercise recommendations and intensity or more effective to start at the recommended amount. So 150 minutes, 30 minutes, five days, five days a week. Do we start there? Do we start higher? Do we start a little bit lower? What was more successful? So in one study of 157 participants, it showed that having lower and liberal recommendations for exercise, so versus really high and strict recommendations, led to adoption of a mindset that their exercise was more adequate, which in turn predicted greater participation of exercise and perceived health. So that's interesting. Yeah, I think that's important because you don't have to go balls to the wall right away. Like anything that you're doing a little more or a little more frequently or whatever it is than you were beforehand is amazing. And that's something, again, that we help people pick out because you don't have to be perfect. We don't want you to be perfect. That's boring. (laughs) And so starting small and just, you know, doing the little things is getting you in the right direction and is absolutely an achievement. And you should praise yourself for that. Yeah, I think so too. And a lot of the times people think exercise, like it has to be at the gym, an hour lifting cardio has to be all the things when really, if you're starting from square one, it's just movement in general and just finding something that you enjoy doing. Um, so it doesn't have to be like the gym setting. 
Yes. And that's nice. And also, I think that this is relevant for people going through just their entire life because, you know, I've been through all different stages of my life from no kids to young kids to teenagers to kids leaving. And and so um, and you have to think about what you're capable of at that time. So beginning exercise or starting low, but also knowing that even if you've exercised for 20 years, you know, you may not always be able to do the same exercise program that you've done in the past. And so um, so really thinking about what can you do now and being confident and happy with that is really good. And maybe you need to change your definition of success or achievement as you move through those different stages of life or as you become older and less capable of doing the things that you could when you're 18 or whatever. And that's something that we unfortunately have to set realistic guidelines towards with people. But again, change your definition of what success is so that you can still view yourself as being successful. Yeah. And I relate a lot to that right now. I'm 31 weeks pregnant and I typically like run in the morning and then lift later in the day. And I've definitely had to change my mindset and my definition of what success is with activity. Um, it's right now it's like 25, 30 minutes. I got to listen to my body and do what I can. So, and if you viewed yourself as being unsuccessful in those situations, you might just say, screw it. I'm not exercising at all, which we don't want that obviously either. We don't want the option to be not exercising at all. So something's always always better than nothing. So, and then another study also with 272 participants, it kind of showed the same thing. It showed that regardless of what counted, so liberal, lower recommendations versus strict recs um, as physical activity, a lower versus higher amount of recommended physical activity led participants to adopt the mindset that their activity was more adequate. So prescribing a relatively lower amount of physical activity may be more effective at promoting a mindset that facilitates continuation of physical activity. So promotes people to continue it because you feel more successful because maybe your definition of success is different. So these studies, again, are proof that small, realistic goal setting can make a difference in mindset. And I promise this is not the only book I've ever read, but I just really love this book. And if you have a different book that I could read or any of us could read, let me know. But I'm going to reference Atomic Habits again. Um, But Four Laws of Behavior Change, which I think is interesting. So making it obvious, making it attractive, making it easy, which I've highlighted, and making it satisfying. So making it easy at re- making it easy as it relates to mindset. So making it easy means making it something that is realistic and sustainable. So this relates back to the studies that we just looked at um, of having a smaller goal of what physical activity is, which can change your overall mindset into a more positive one about reaching that goal. So it all relates back to mindset and not feeling like it's an all or nothing. You have to do everything to be successful. So let's talk about areas of health where the proper mindset can make a difference. Yeah, and the short answer is pretty much all areas, but specifically we're going to talk about a few things. So the first one is body image. So we know that a negative body image increases the risk of low self-esteem, unhappiness, depression, mental health disorders, eating disorders, and disordered eating tendencies, and a chronic diet mentality. So try to be kind to yourself. Cassie told me, I asked her a few weeks ago when I was struggling to like counsel clients that are being self-deprecating. I'm like, what do you say? And she said, you know, tell them before you tell yourself something negative about your body, think, would I say this to my best friend or my child or a loved one? And if you wouldn't tell it to them, then you probably shouldn't say it to yourself. Um, Be kind to yourself and to your thoughts. 
The next one is exercise. So take your time, like we were just talking about. Don't be disappointed in yourself if you're learning to love exercise. Takes longer than you expect. You can't just walk into the gym the first time and like love everything about it. So when you learn to paint or ride a bike, like was it easy at first? Definitely not. So learning a new thing takes time and patience. Your skill and motivation will ebb and flow and you might make mistakes and that could force you to sit out for a few days and that's okay. So creating a new passion doesn't always happen on your first try. Definitely pick an activity that brings you joy. Um, Try new activities, maybe with a friend or a loved one, and then try again. So give yourself a few times of exposure to get comfortable. Also trying out different gyms or fitness facilities. Workouts don't just have to look like lifting weights in a gym or running outside. There's so many great fitness activities in Springfield. We have yoga, we have aerial we have Pilates, Jazzercise, which is not dead. Not dead. Okay, Jazzercise is cool. I did it all through college and I loved it. It's fun. Yeah. <laughs> Jazzercise isn't dead. <laughs> it's not just for the 80s or the old ladies. <laughs> it's for the cool young people, I swear. <laughs> also, rock climbing, rollerblading, boxing. Also, if you're into it, there's like, I don't know if this is the proper term, but like stripper pole dancing classes yes. is really pole good dancing. fitness. They have pole dancing. Yeah. I think yes. we should do that. Do, bring one here. It's like, I you know, um, and try it out. I think that'd be fun. It's I'd a really down. good I workout. I it's really hard. <laughs> yeah, you need a lot of strength yeah. for that. It is hard. <laughs> so do something that brings you joy um, and find something that's a good fit for you. Also, fun foods and having balance. So avoid that all or nothing mindset that we've talked about in previous podcasts because eating perfect all the time is not balanced. Enjoying fun foods mindfully in moderate portions without guilt and get back on track at your next meal or snack. Know that one fun food is not going to throw off your whole day. Then weight changes. Work on reframing your thoughts about physical weight change. Instead of reacting to weight change with negative self-talk, ask yourself why might it why might it have occurred and use that to motivate behavior changes to get back on track so did you have a stressful week so how can you manage your stress did you eat or drink differently than usual how can you get back on track with that have you been sick for a while what do you need to fully recover focus only on what you can control so this next portion is something I'm so passionate about. It's probably annoying to hear me continue to talk about it and my clients probably can relate to that too but I always encourage people and my clients to be mindful of your vocabulary. Um, How you view things is always reflected in your vocabulary. So I always listen to the specific words that are used by my clients because usually those words are attached to a different meaning. So um, invest and we investigate why that language is used and do that yourself too. If you find yourself using language that um, isn't positive, find out why you're using that. So I'll throw out a couple examples. One is the one we've always heard get to versus have to. I get to eat fruits and vegetables. I get to do my lower body strength training workout today versus I have to eat fruits and vegetables and I have to do my strength training today. Um, Those can definitely have a cheesy influence on your mindset, but they can. They really can. That's why we make that switch because it can definitely change your mindset. The other one, which we kind of touched on, is working out versus movement. So I've changed my vocabulary on clients' goal goal sheets. Instead of saying working out five days per week, we're going to do some form of movement five days a week. And they can define what that looks like because their other alternative was doing nothing, which is, again, what we touched on earlier. Um, We do have a whole entire podcast on this next one, which is cheat versus conscious indulgence. So I always encourage people to think of what cheating means. Cheating is 
bad. If you get, if you cheat on a test, that's a bad thing. You can get in trouble for it. And so that denotes a negative connotation, whereas conscious indulgence, it doesn't necessarily have a positive connotation. It's more neutral, um, but it definitely doesn't indicate a bad thing. So making that switch and truly letting yourself believe this is something I'm doing for fun, I like to do it, it's not bad, whatever, um, can absolutely change even the feelings that you attach with um, that food or that experience or whatever it is. So you choose how you want to frame your attitude towards whatever situation it is related to your healthy lifestyle goals. Um, and, and making those word switches too can indicate freedom and expression rather than a chore to be done. So simply with get to, freedom and expression, have to, I have to mark that off my list. This is a chore that I have to get done. Um, we don't necessarily attach enjoyment um, to that task. And then, like I said, be intentional with your word choice. Choose words that facilitate a better mindset. I always listen to that in consults with clients, and that helps me do that with myself, too, because like we said, um, we're not perfect, and we're absolutely guilty of doing that, too. And so, um, you know, making those simple word choices can make a huge difference. So Cassie is going to go into how we actually reframe our mindset. Yes, which is called cognitive reframing. And again, this is very hard and it's a life skill. It's something that, you know, I, I still work on um, and I'll probably continue working on the rest of my life. Um, but it has made, I would say this has made the biggest impact on my health overall. Um, so, and, and again, I'm not perfect at it, but it's something that we keep working on. So um, this really shifts your mindset. So you look at a situation from a different perspective. And again, this goes back to what Amanda said earlier about focusing on what you can can control. And this is definitely something that you can control. That doesn't mean, like I said, it's easy, but if you practice it, it does get better. And it has been shown to be helpful with anxiety, depression, eating disorders, and stress. And that's where that book of joy kind of comes in, where you have people that have had horrible experiences, but come out of it, um, feeling like they have a wonderful life. And so, um, so that's something that is just so powerful. Um, so a few of the things, um, like Sarah mentioned about the words that you're choosing and this I'm cheating or I cheated, um, is, is a huge one. And so most of my clients know now that, that that's a, like a four letter word in my office. And so I don't want them to say that. So, um, you know, just because again, it has that negative connotation. So you could, instead of that say, I'm eating this because because I want to, and it tastes good. And so that, that right there is probably the most um, impactful thing that I did years and years ago. And I, ha I mean, I have to say, it's just you, I really, really enjoy what I eat. And, um, and also that pull for try eating things maybe that aren't the best for your health, but that you do enjoy, it actually becomes less whenever you don't give it that power over you, um, that it's cheating, you know, cause it's kind of like that forbidden boyfriend or, you know, whatever that people do. Um, so, you know, that, that they, you know, think that it's bad and I should do this. And, um, and you know, some people, um, just think about it all the time whenever it's forbidden. So, um, so putting that spin on it where you're in control of what you're doing and you do it because you like it um, is very empowering. So also that I have to, you know, for me, it's I have to wake up at 5 a.m. or 4.30 a.m., 5 a.m. to 
go run. Um, instead, I can say I get to go run in a really beautiful area on a golf course and um, enjoy the hills and whatever wildlife we see. Um, it just really does reframe it. Or I get to see my friends whenever we meet to run. Um, I get to exercise with my husband in strength class. Um, I get to cook at home and buy all these wonderful fruits and veggies that I'm prepping, you know, all of those things. It really is remarkable, all the things that we do get to do. And so if you think about it that way, it really helps. Um, another one that I hear a lot is, um, I don't know why I keep failing. Why can't I just stay on track? You know, people just getting really down on themselves for um, what they think of as lack of motivation. And so um, Atomic Habits is really good um, for that if you feel like you're frustrated with yourself because it explains a lot of science behind behaviors. And, um, and really when people do um, they are say they're on track for a long time and very consistent. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're more motivated. That may mean that they just have those habits in place that are easy and um, you know those kinds of things. So um, so don't be so hard on yourself. Um, and also, I really like to use those failing moments as learning moments. And so um, so say things didn't go as planned. What can I learn from this and do better next time instead of um, just beating yourself up about it? Also, just physical attributes another is another one that we hear a lot about. So with people, you know, my legs are huge or I hate my thighs or I want my arms to look like yours or, you know, other, other things. So comparing yourself to others, um, or negatively commenting on your own body. Um, those are things that can be very toxic. And so you could say something like my legs are strong and help me keep up with my kids, or, you know, I can go, all day, you know, at Disney with my kids and not get tired because I'm, my body's strong. Um, I love the one where I can run through the airport and catch a late flight if I need to, you know, so um, those are things, um, you know, instead of focusing on that. And we, you know, we look at, you know, women every day and men and every, I think so many people um, have something about their bodies that they really focus on that that's, they feel like is a negative. And so this really goes back to the truth is, you know, who told you that, first of all, and is that really true? And a lot of times I ask people that and they really can't tell me why they think it's true and if it really is true. So it's just a perception that they've had their entire life. And so I do want to challenge you all to really um, challenge those perspectives that you have and that you've grown up with and are they serving you well or are they not? I love that. That was awesome. So we talked about what mindset is, where we see more unhealthy mindsets, and then cognitive reframing, how to reframe your mindset. So now we're going to talk about specifically how to adopt a healthy mindset going forward. Yes. And first, evaluate your current mindset towards aspects of your health. So how do you view exercise, eating healthy, body image, etc.? Do you need to change your mindset? Is improving health a true habit you're wanting to build? Is it something that you're really passionate about? Um, there are three layers of behavior change, outcomes, process, and identity. Um, outcomes is concerned with changing results, so like being tied to the scale, um, body image, that sort of stuff. Process is changing your habits and systems, um, so the proce what process are you doing to get your outcome? 
And then identity, so changing your beliefs. So if we work towards getting to the root of why we want to change or why we want to establish a certain habit, this will ultimately give us a healthier mindset compared to being only outcome-driven, which we've kind of talked about. So only thinking about the scale, only thinking about, I want to get back to whatever weight I was in high school. Instead of thinking about why do I want to eat healthier, why do I want to get up and run at 5 a.m., kind of figuring out what your why is. Um, That'll help you adapt a more positive mindset. I love that because the identity thing, you know, I think that's something that I relate to because when I was younger, I, you know, my family wasn't necessarily healthy, a healthy family. And so, um, and so I have created an identity in myself that I am a runner, I am healthy. And I think when, when you start thinking of yourself as that, whatever your goal is, then it can help with um, your behaviors. So, um, because whenever I go out to eat, for example, I, I like French fries just as much as the next person, but I'm thinking, you know, what would a healthy person choose? And so, um, and sometimes that is French fries and sometimes it's not, but, but that identity is huge because if you're sitting there thinking, I want to be this, you're probably not identifying as that person yet. Absolutely. And you mentioned like French fries, instead of being like, I don't really want French fries today just because I, it might put two pounds on the scale versus I don't want French fries because they don't make me feel very good. I mean, there's a big difference in how you identify. Um, So I completely agree with that. That can change the feelings that you attach to that act too, right? So like if you view it as it's going to make me gain weight, then if you do engage in it ever or in that situation, you're probably going to feel guilty, bad about yourself, potentially adapt some sort of all or nothing mindset, spiral, you know, domino effect kind of thing. So, um, and we want you to feel good as much as you can in terms of like your mental health and then also your physical health too. So think about that as well. Yeah. It all really relates back to mindset like you're talking about. Um, and then understand that you are not perfect. Show compassion for yourself. There's not one perfect person on, on this planet. Um, even us as dietitians, we mess up sometimes. Uh, we, I mean, we enjoy unhealthy food. It's completely fine. We show compassion. Um, again, one of those things, how do we identify we're a healthy person, but we can enjoy balance as well. That's um, so funny. I just, you know, I, I do really well with that for my nutrition and exercise. Cause I think I help people so much, but everything else in my life, I want to be perfect. <laughs> so that's true. so yeah. I have to, you know, I have to relate this to all the other things in my life too. I think I spend so much time focusing on the nutrition and health goals, but you know, this really does relate to everything that you do. Parenting, being a spouse, you know, being a friend, um, you know, fitting all of the to do's in. I mean, just so many things are really affected by your mindset and this can translate to all things in your life. Um, so that's something that definitely I need to work on. Yeah. I think we could all work on it. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. Um, and then validating the emotions that you are feeling. So if you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling like things aren't going well, I mean, it's okay to, sit in those emotions, validate them, and then kind of figure out a game plan as to how to, how can we change our mindset moving forward? Like not every workout is going to be a good workout and not every day is going to be a perfect day. Like everyone has bad days and that's okay. Let yourself have a bad day. Yes, that (laughs) is okay. And also, you know, this is all very hard and all the things that we're talking about. So, um, you know, like we mentioned before, if you need help, you know, there are professionals out there, therapists, um, we have recommendations for that. We help with behavior change, but if it's just hard to think about how you can do this and breaking it down, it is okay to ask for help. Life is freaking hard. It is. <laughs> so it's hard. okay to ask for help. I could not agree more. 
Um, and then thinking about that too, picking out the positives, even in every single day, um, my husband and I try to go through like highs and lows of the day, um, ending with highs. Cause you want to end on a positive note. <laughs> um, but, uh, for example, like you maintain your overall weight when your goal is weight loss, but you gain two pounds of muscle and lost two pounds of fat. So that's a positive. Um, you didn't meet your outlined exercise goals. However, you ate four servings of vegetables a day. And this is kind of avoiding the all or nothing thinking that we were talking about, um, and saying that, you didn't <clears throat> thinking like, oh, I didn't get exercise in and I didn't get vegetables in and I didn't do this. But really, you maybe you didn't get exercise in, but you still ate a bunch of vegetables. And that's a win. And that itself. is a win. Yeah. And, yeah. And one thing I think that we probably all experience as dietitians is we, you know, we ask a lot of questions about situations that our clients have um, whenever maybe they didn't make the choice that they had planned on making or whatever. And oftentimes, um, people get very defensive and think that we're judging them, but we're actually trying to kind of work through, okay, what was the situation? What were you thinking? You know, so, um, to all of our clients out there, we're really, we're not trying to, um, nitpick you or judge you. It's really just about, okay, what can we learn from this? And is it just that, Hey, that was just a crazy day. That's fine. You know, but, um, but really analyzing this and looking at it is how you can change those behaviors and intentions too. Yeah. I like thinking about the why what was your mindset in that moment all that sort of stuff so again not thinking about you have to do 100 percent of everything all the time but can you be one percent better in something every day mm-hmm. um no matter what that is be, you know with your kids or eating or exercise sleep stress whatever is there something that we can be one percent better in that's a book too so i don't know if you've have you read it no okay the one percent better is that an act like the yeah. book is called that? Yes. Oh, okay. So we'll that. actually post that as well because I have it at my house. Um, okay. Alex, Al- Alex Smith and yeah. Tyler saw that as a keynote speaker at the ACSM conference, saw um, the, the gentleman and his father. Um, it's a, a guy with Down syndrome, and he trained and did, completed a – a full Ironman triathlon wow. and that was their whole training plan was the 1% better. So, um, so it's a pretty powerful motivating book. So we'll post that too. So, Very but cool. yeah, so good idea. Yeah. 1% <laughs> better. Yeah, there we have it. <laughs> All right. Moving on to using healthy vocabulary. Like we talked about, if you wouldn't say it to your best friend or your child or a loved one, avoid saying it to yourself, use positive self-talk. Setting realistic goals for yourself, be patient for yourself, give yourself grace. It's okay to have bad days and bad feelings, but then try to reframe into positive feelings and thoughts. Assess your motivation. Is it intrinsic or extrinsic? Meaning, is it motivated internally or is someone else or another factor outside motivating you? So try to find your own drive inside of yourself to make behavior changes. And avoid shooting all over yourself, is what I say. I love that. I <laughs> don't want to shit all over ourselves. <laughs> we need shirts. That say. <laughs> <laughs> so that refers to telling yourself what you should do in a situation. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done this. That's not positive. Just work through it and get back on track. Yes. So this was great. I love this discussion. I feel better about myself too. After it makes me want to have a more positive mindset because it's really easy. Like days like today, I'm like, oh, it's gray. I'm tired. You know. Yeah. But I'm. I get to be with you guys and learn, you know, yeah. that's a yes. lot more yeah. positive mindset. 
And, and it really is contagious. That's another thing I just want to throw out there that, you know, I see that all the time, just in groups of people. If one person starts making negative comments about their body, everyone starts, you know, so, so it also is contagious the other way. So if we all try to be more positive um, about things in general and our fitness that can rub off on others as well. Yeah. And people notice that too, which is great. You want to be a positive person to be around. So, so let's go over what the bottom line is. Um, so your past experiences do shape your mindset towards certain things. So identify first step, identify if that's helping you or if it's hindering you and try to know when your mindset's beneficial or when it's not regarding aspects of your healthy lifestyle goals. Be intentional about your word choice. Replace words that have negative connotations with neutral or more positive words. Seek out any necessary help if you feel your mindset isn't where it should be. Like we've said five times already, give yourself grace. You are not perfect. You didn't get here overnight. It's going to take time to reach your goals. And then lastly, set small, sustainable, realistic goals. That's what we help clients do. We're here to to appreciate your successes and your achievements, and we're also here to help coach you along the way. So you got this, and we are here to help. If you like today's topic, go ahead and like this episode and add a comment below. If you've been listening to Practical Nutrition for a while or are brand new to our channel, go ahead and leave us a five-star review. We are continuously trying to grow this platform to share all of the nutrition knowledge that we can, and those reviews can help us do that. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode, and we will see you next time.